following program is pre-recorded. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. Well, June, it is that time of year, and uh, as I said yesterday, I've been ready, preparing myself for Christmas trivia. Well, good. It's about time. I mean, it, you've had to wait a whole year. That's right. So this is good. Okay. Well, when we go over the river and through the woods, what kind of pie do we cheer for? Oh. Oh. Uh, I need to listen to repeats of last. I remember you <laughs> having this question last year. So if I just oh, listened to oh. <laughs> older programs. Mm. Uh, I, Apple. And if it weren't oh, Apple, no. oh, it, there's a myriad of choices here. Be, um, uh, what's more classic for the these holidays? There's like a pumpkin. There you are, pumpkin pie. You got it. Okay. With a little bit of a hint. Thank you. Well, I was just clearing my lips. Yes. Okay. Did any part of "It's a Wonderful Life"? Of course, that famous movie Love that. Uh, take place in New York City. Yes, it did. And if it weren't yes, <laughs> no. <laughs> that that's right. You got it. It's no. <laughs> well, that's all right. I was thinking that's there's a scene where I think a city is going on in the background. I guess we're not talking about New York City. I guess not. Okay, now. <clears throat> there is a um, okay. There, there's a cartoonist that was born on Christmas Day. This is Christmas trivia. Um, it was 1893. So, what? Believe it or not, cartoonist was born Christmas Day, 1893. Believe it or not, it's associated with Ripley. Aha. Uh -huh. Robert L. Ripley. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Very good. And how many drummers, excuse me, drummers, <laughs> drumming did my true love give to me? Yeah, I've got to sing the whole song. Hold on. <laughs> uh, that was ten drummers drumming. And if it oh, were no. that, wonder what higher number well you might pick. Eleven. And if it were <laughs> word 11, if, ah, 12, <laughs> hey, there we are. 12 oh. drummers drumming. And then it goes down. 10 lords leaping. I know that. All right. Okay, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Just figured it out. Uh, yep. How many heads does the Mouse King have? How many heads? Does the Mouse King have? All right. Can we can we get multiple choice? <laughs> Just yes, yes. Let's uh, let's. Is it two or seven? Oh, two. If it were two. Come on. That's seven. <laughs> this is. Not good today. Well, no, you're 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 just trying to make everybody feel good. <laughs> That's, That's right. all. That's all. We're we're in good shape. Got to redeem here. myself now. Let's go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Uh, in 1980, on the day after Christmas, 52 of these offered 
holiday greetings to their families. On 1980, on the day after Christmas, there were 52... Wasn't there a uh, hostage crisis then? That's exactly it. Right. They were American hostages in what country? Oh, Iran. Iran is right. As a, you you did Iran and I do Iran. Yeah, I don't know what tomato, it really tomato. is. I was yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just a lad then, and uh, I wrote a letter to pre then President Carter about you know basically asked him if he was going to do anything about that. <laughs> oh, wow. I remember my letter, wow. and I got a nice letter back. Oh, good, <laughs> wonderful. That's great. Okay, in England, help me understand about this. Does finding a coin in the plum pudding, not that we have that in America, or maybe I don't have I that plum. Okay. Never Neither of us have had plum pudding. So, but if we were to have plum pudding, would that mean wealth or pregnancy to the finder? That's wealth. It is wealth, right. yes. So we'll have to just realize it's a plum deal, meaning right. the plum deal of wealth. Okay. Now, <clears throat> there's a uh, there's a, a bossy rock superstar that who recorded Santa Claus is coming to town. Mm -hmm. Who might that be? be Bruce Springsteen. That's right. With a great, do you know about great that? saxophone solo from Clarence Clemens. Uh -huh. That's a uh -huh. great, that's a classic. Okay, and in what state does most of White Christmas, the movie, take place? Vermont. Vermont is absolutely correct. Must be beautiful and up there, he says, with all that snow. <laughs> Remember oh, that? yes. Yeah, yeah, and then there's a song about snow. That's right. Okay, does Clara throw her slipper or a bracelet at the Mouse King? Oh, a slipper. It is a slipper. Go to the head of the class. You did good. You are learning how to do Christmas trivia okay. with with a plum. Came alive at the end. There, we'll have to have some plum pudding. Yes, yes. I've never had. Does I wonder if anybody around here makes plum pudding? We'll find I out. I don't. We will find out. Thank you so much. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their life. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you are listening to Hope in the Night. We are a ministry of Hope for the Heart. We'd like to thank you for your prayers and support of our ministry. If you have any questions or concerns about any of the topics that we raise here on the program, you can call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central, and they'll help you access the appropriate resources for you. Their number again, 800-488-4673. That's 800-488-HOPE. If you'd like to get in touch with the program, we welcome your call at 800-Night-17. We'll talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night and answer any questions you have, uh, maybe getting some direction for you and and seeing what God's heart is on your situation that you're dealing with and uh, working through. So we'd like to do that. Also, we invite your question at our email address, askjune at hopefortheheart.org. And if you send a question there, we choose your question to answer on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night. We will send you uh, resources as well from our ministry. We're happy to do that and uh, would like to help you do that. So again, that's askjune at hopefortheheart.org. Well, let's get to our caller for tonight. This evening, we welcome back to our program. Listening, uh, She listens to our podcast, and uh, she's in Arizona. We welcome back. Grace. Well, Grace, it's wonderful to have you back. Uh, I hope that you are doing well right now. I know one one of the things that we talked about was the type of grief that you were feeling. Um, Talk to me about what you would like for us to really genuinely discuss. Um. I've been uh, thinking about, you know, what I shared about the grief, and 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 I understood that um, since that it has been um, my relationship with God has uh, has been worst, and I didn't realize how how I had given up on. The thing I I thought I would do, like praying and praying with um, praying with passion, and and so I think that thinking about it, the grief has put a wage between my worship and God, and and I had some anger that I didn't really want to acknowledge angry against God, and it was pretty much, 
um, internalized and and now I realize that I've been pretty much um, putting God, you know, away. And so mm-hmm. it, it was kind of... It was kind of sad to realize that because I never thought I would do that. And I understood that I had maybe a a better view than what is really my walk with God. And and I think it's because I didn't accept that even a just God and a loving God can allow, you know, um, trials and pain. And, and I didn't really accept that. And I think I had just put a wage because I used to say to my friends and I used to say that I'm holding back. And I think I told you that last week that I've been holding back when I pray, when I talk to God because I just can't, you know, because I'm afraid to be, I'm afraid of hurting again. But let, let me ask a question. Yeah, I have a, a, yeah. a question now. It is true that there are parents who neglect their children in 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 their childhood years, and I'm talking about their own children, and um, that was part of what you had growing up. And likewise, um, and and you know, this is a, a very tender issue to have parents that neglect their children, in your case, you, in in childhood. And so when there's rejection and neglect, it's very serious. And many times in childhood, you don't know how to deal with it. I mean, you you can have pain, but in adulthood, it, it does. Uh, there are issues that do need to be dealt with, and I'm talking about. You already mentioned one key phrase, and that is, "How can a just God allow?" And then fill in the blank. I'm talking about how can a just God allow injustice? And that is a legitimate question to ask. Now, I remember literally asking that question. I was just about, well, I'd been exposed to Christianity a little bit. And I had not yet, I don't believe I had humbled my heart yet to receive Jesus because I... It was all new to me when I saw authentic Christianity. And yet my stumbling block at the time was my father who was cruel at times and especially cruel to my mother. So I, I just, I, I, I had what you said, how can a just God allow one person to cause so much pain? And it was in my opinion, to my whole, our whole family. And so I remember as a teenager, I was, I was in high school, and I didn't have words to speak. I, I didn't verbalize any of this. 
and I didn't know how to even get anything like that out. But, my friend, I really understand that question. Now, I'll tell you what helped, the one thing that helped me only, and that was, I was just getting exposed to, to Scripture, and there was the first Scripture that, I, that actually made sense to me was this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This, and it's this part right here. Lean not on your own understanding. I thought, you mean I don't have to understand this? I don't have to figure it out? And I was very cognitive. I was math. I was logical. And But I, this is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is, I later learned, one of the most, if not the, probably the most, um, the favorite scripture for people who are new in the faith, who are new Christians. And it's, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. And I you know, and I didn't know what acknowledge him meant, but uh, but it, the, the key was I don't have to understand it now, and I can't understand it. But if the God of the Bible, who literally created the universe and created literally every human being, the God of creation. The all-powerful God, if he says, I don't have to understand it now, it's like one day I will understand. And somehow that helped me. And in retrospect, later, I thought, oh, I have learned compassion for other people who have had tragedies, who have hurt even though I didn't speak about it because I couldn't get it out, but I could have genuine compassion and I could, uh, the scripture says, mourn with those who mourn, you know, weep with those who weep. I couldn't cry at the time because my father said tears were a sign of mental illness, so I couldn't have, I wasn't allowed to have tears. But I can tell you, it. I could hurt with those that hurt. And I could see later kids who were shut down, and I, I was drawn to them. And I, because I became a youth director, it wasn't my idea at all. It was the pastor of this huge church, and he said, you are going to be our junior high director. Well, I was naturally drawn to the loners, and somehow God enabled me to turn that pain and use it for a purpose. So it was pain with a purpose that was used to give me compassion I don't think I would have had otherwise. I wouldn't have had empathy. Uh, I could have sympathy. I'm sorry you're hurt, but empathy says I'll hurt with you. And so it makes me wonder if this is part of what God is doing with you by virtue of giving you 
pain with a purpose and he is going to use you increasingly literally because you understand rejection you understand neglect you you understand that type of of um, that 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 type of lack you, you can see other people who have intact families or caring here's here's a caring father you know what I, I, I honestly uh, my friend that when I see a father who is like a daddy I cannot tell you what that does to my heart I think what would that be like and I still feel that way I love to see a tender-hearted father who is just precious to me. And yet I wouldn't think that much of it if I had had that, because I, but, but because it was a, a lack in my life. Uh, I think, in truth, I think you can understand what I'm saying. Or, or does that ever strike you in a in the most uh, tender way when you see a, a deeply caring parent when you did not have that in your life? I have a younger sister who is um, a believer, and when I look at her and her children, I feel that way. I, I when I see her and her kids. I have a joy that she has broken the cycle of, um, you know, neglect and, um, and that she's not living that. So it gives me hope, you know, mm -hmm. and she's close to me. We're not close, close, but, but I love to see that. Okay, so you understand that. You know, I'm going to say also that there's a very <laughs> interesting uh, passage that I think it, it could have some meaning to you in, in Isaiah because it's like there are times, uh, well, I'll, I'll go on and read it. It's Isaiah 54. It says, Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, um, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, meaning it, there are people, there are women who they didn't have a birth child, but there are others that they have reached out to and thought like they become a surrogate mama. Do you have a heart for people who are hurting and broken? You want to throw them a lifeline, but sometimes you just don't know how. Lifeline to Hope is a brand new, one-of-its-kind caregiver training designed just for you. Using video-based instruction from leading experts, plus relevant case studies and interactive exercises, you can discover how to effectively provide support, encouragement, and spiritual care. The ultimate goal is to connect lives in crisis with a new or renewed life in Christ. This 10-week Lifeline to Hope program can train and deploy a small, effective group of caregivers in your church and community. Be the person in your church that brings together caregivers to become better equipped to meet the hurting. Discover more at lifelinetohope.org. Lifelinetohope.org.
If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. Listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get back to our caller in just a moment. If you have any questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 keys for living that will help you to address whatever's happening in your life, or maybe as you deal with someone else, someone close to you, and they're struggling with a particular issue. You'd like to help them to get some resources in front of them and uh, some some help that we could uh, provide for you. Just talk to customer support, and they can recommend some uh, materials for you. They're number 800-488-HOPE, and they're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And their number again, 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. As you get in touch, you might ask for the keys for living called Grief, Living at Peace with Loss. And uh, they'll be happy to help you with that. Also, check out our website for some um, resources that will help. There are um, want to recommend our quick reference guides. There are just a couple of pages that are uh, shorter treatments of our uh, keys for living that uh, you may want to take a look at and see what information, what helpful advice is there. And then you may also want to get in touch with our, uh, again, the larger resource there of the keys for living. But those are available at our website. The, the quick reference guides are free. They're uh, at hopefortheheart.org and look for uh, free resources there. Let's get back to our conversation now with Grace. Uh, my friend, years ago I learned something that I want to share with you. And it's because it was difficult for me to relate to God. Um, and I, I, this is what I learned. When children are born and are growing up, Children can hear the word God, but they cannot see God. And children are tangible thinkers when they're young. They think of table, chair, fork, knife, spoon, plate. They know what a bed is and a pillow. They are not... They're not that good with what they cannot see. Uh, Mm -hmm. They are not abstract thinkers that they become later. Uh, And therefore, 
when a person thinks, or a, when a child hears the word God, what they typically do is they know that's supposed to be something like power or strong or, you know, it's like the, the, more, the most strong one. And what they do, they look typically in their lives at who is the strongest. And that typically would be the father because they're bigger and they have much more muscle mass and therefore they'll look at the father and they'll put the human characteristics of their own father onto God. That right there is the problem. Mm -hmm. Not for everyone. There are loving, loving human fathers and Therefore, those children typically do not have difficulty imagining God. But if there is a neglectful father, that neglectful father can end up that, but that neglect as a characteristic for a father can be attached to the character of the heavenly father. That mean it's not true at all, but children do that that connection of if whatever the earthly father is like, they'll tend to put it onto the heavenly father. And so we have to, to hear a clear distinction. And I, that's one thing I needed. Um, because I had a father who was actually, you know, there, he had two other marriages going on at the same time. So he had three marriages concurrently. And, and I would just see him every once in a while. And... And then also he didn't really focus on us as kids. He did focus on my mom when he was there. But also at, then later when they did finally marry, uh, when I was um, 12, um, th there, and th then we moved into his house. But then... Um, it, that that was the worst time because of how he treated her. So I can tell you, I had some difficulty, and I didn't I didn't know this. I didn't I didn't know anything about what I've just told you about a child, children putting onto the heavenly father the characteristics of their earthly father, and I didn't have any warm feeling toward God. I didn't, um, it was harder for me, and I, is this, is this making sense what I'm saying? It does make sense. It so does make sense. I am, I am thinking you could be in certain ways like me because you did not have that nurturing 
that you should have had as a child. Now, that wasn't God's fault. Um, and sometimes we blame God for what people do. And yet, God did not force people to respond. In other words, I had to realize um, if I, I could blame God, but, well, if God's all-powerful, then why didn't he blank, you know, do, do, da, 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 or, or change my father and all these things. But, you know, God won't force people to change. He gives all of us free will. Every every one of us, uh, your parents, my parents, they had free will, and that and even the first two people he created, he ch told them only one thing not to do, and that was don't eat from that tree. And what did they do? They did eat, yeah. Yeah. They, so they the one the thing, mm -hmm, they ate the fruit that he told him not to eat from that tree. And so he, my point is, he chose, see, he didn't treat them like puppets where they had no choice. They weren't marionettes where he's just pulling the strings. He okay. told them what to do. They didn't do it. And then they had to suffer consequences. But the fact is, and, and I, I understand when people say, well, I had anger toward God because these things X, Y, Z didn't happen. Well, or this happened. I mean, I understand, but many times God is getting the blame when it really has nothing to do. God wasn't, he was choosing for a parent to be neglectful or abusive or rejecting now there so therefore let me tell you what i think can be very precious for you and i'm i'm i'm, I'm taking this from my own life i remember when i read a particular scripture i'm turning in my bible right now to it it's um it's Psalm 34, 18. And I wrote it out. It's, it's short. Psalm 34, 18. Mm -hmm. And the reason I was drawn to it is because it tells me more of the character of God. And it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and okay. saves those who are crushed in spirit. Well, sweetheart, I've, I'm hearing that you've been brokenhearted. Is that right? That's okay. right. So you can do what I did if you wish. You could literally take that one scripture, just write it out on an index card or something, and this just periodically say, thank you, Lord, that... You are close to the brokenhearted. And that, by the way, that doesn't mean that at times we can feel a closeness, but he is close. See, it's saying he is close to you. And then he saves those who are crushed in spirit. I'll tell you what I used to do. Um, nobody would know this, but I, when I would write 
at the time I had I would have to write a lot of letters and all because I was even a youth director and um, or at different times even after that I, I just at the end after I would write a letter I would sign my name and then at the be, below that I would just put the scripture the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit and I did that because I needed that at the time I needed that and I needed to be reminded of it because I you know I, I would look at people and and this is absolutely the truth and they were just um, they would some so, some so there there seemed to be a number of people oh they just love the Lord and they have all this emotion and I don't ha even today my friend I don't have that emotion like and, and I would love to have that but I don't now do, but I I don't have to have the emotion I know I want an I I do have to have the truth the truth is even if I don't feel it and by, uh, by the way do you know when I say Dr. Charles Stanley do you know that yes. name well yes. I remember one time I read that he, in essence, said something like that, that he didn't have the emotion, but it was because he was from a divorced home, and he gave this explanation of pain in his life. And I thought, oh, there's somebody else like me, Charles Stanley, that because of pain, he, he, he did not have the emotion that so many have but what that means is it doesn't negate that the Lord himself is close to you and he recognizes that you have been broken hearted and if you've been crushed in spirit this is his joy he saves those who are crushed in spirit so I'm going to encourage you not only to write down that scripture, Psalm 34, 18, but then to personalize it, where you say, Thank you, Lord, that you are close to me because I've been brokenhearted, and you saved me because you know I've been crushed in spirit. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as grief and loss, abuse and trauma, depression and suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. 
As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually, they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God himself, and he's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of Hope for the Heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We exist because of your ongoing prayers and continued support of this ministry. We thank you. Our customer support team can be reached at 800-488-HOPE, and they're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central. They'll help you to get to God's hope through our resources. That's 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. If you would like to speak with June about a specific situation in your life, on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, give us a call at 800-917. That's 800-NIGHT-17. And when you call, leave a detailed message for us. We'll get right back and uh, talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night. And uh, we'd love to to talk with you about that. Now, if you uh, have a question for June, but you're not ready to be on the program, not not quite uh, thinking about a live uh, conversation with us, that's all right. We still would like to hear your question and uh, send that to us in an email. The address is askjune at hopefortheheart.org. That's askjune at hopefortheheart.org. And uh, we'd like to cover that in an uh, upcoming Hope in the Night. When we pick your question, we will send you some free resources from our ministry, too, that will help you in a, kind of an ongoing way to answer the struggle that you're dealing with. So again, that's askjune at hopefortheheart.org. Now back to our conversation with Grace. Well, Grace, I'm, I'm going to share something with you that um, was pain, not on my part, but I, had a, I have a sister, I have two sisters, but one sister, uh, she had a, uh, a like a, a, a stepson, let me think of that, yeah, okay, and so now he marries, and then there is, uh, there, there's a child that's born, which would be my sister's first grandchild and then there are there are two more that come along and um, all of a sudden the relationship that my sister once had uh, but she thought she had with this daughter-in-law all of a sudden she just is shut off from having any contact with these little grandchildren. And she can't believe it. She 
flies to where they are, and she's not allowed to even hold the newborn or anything like that. And she's and the and and she, she and so I. I know that there was uh, even kind of a coach that got involved to try to mitigate, and I, I tell you, it just was not working. And finally, my sister said, I decided instead of it being contentious, there are thousands of children in the world who are not given any attention. And she said, I'm going to look for those that need children, that need special attention. And I listened to her. I thought, how interesting. And sure enough, I saw what she did. If, if there'd be parents and she, she there would be Kids, and she was busy. She was teaching at Harvard and all this stuff. But all of a sudden, I saw her pivot and not uh, stay wounded. It was wounding, but what she did is she opened the tent that that scripture said that I mentioned a moment ago, and I'm going to give you... Uh, that I'm going to read this to you one more time because um, she would intentionally be inclusive when instead of living in an adult world, um, she chose to look and see, is there a need that I could provide because she was being blocked. Does that make sense? Being blocked from having any contact and it was really hard for a period of time, and yet I saw her pivot. I'm going to read this verse one more time to you. I'm, I'm going to read the whole thing. It's Isaiah 54. It says, uh, now, this is seeing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child. Uh, burst into song, shout for joy, you who are never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman meaning those who do not have children, then of her that has a hundred, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. And you know, In other words, it's saying, don't be limited by the fact that you do not have a child of your own, born mm -hmm. from your own body. So if we're looking at the biblical position, um, there are times when you could make a difference and you become almost like a surrogate mother or think of it in a different way, like I have I have a number of nieces and nephews, but in particular, there was a very severe pain that I that two of my nieces had from another sister, 
and they kept turning to me. And there was something that occurred that was terribly wrong, like abuse. And so I would, you know, I live in Dallas. Well, they didn't live in Dallas at all. But I, I just poured time, and they would just call. And sometimes there would be tears. These are teenagers at the time. And, uh, you know, how can this be happening? But so sometimes you can be a kind of a surrogate adult that, because, because well, I, I, I had compassion for them. And I think you have compassion. I think you could empathize when, because you've been there. You know what it's like to hurt. Is that right? Yes. Correct. Correct. And and I think you just say, Lord, I'm willing for you to use me. In fact, right now, I'm going to be very candid. There's somebody I care about who's a member of our team. And I know her story. She and I'm stunned at the the pain that she's gone through um, at our ministry. And I kept thinking, I know what that's like. I I felt I've been there. And you know, it's precious when you can step into that space for whatever period of time. Now. Um, what do you think about that? Well, I agree that um, I had a. I was focused on my my need, my lack, and not seeing that I was putting God, you know, in a box like that, and I was actually um, removing myself from intimacy with God and. You know, but one thing that resonates with me when you say that God is near the brokenhearted and the crushing spirit, and that it's not, I don't have to think about my position, how close am I, you know, to measure how intimate I am, but uh, I want to, uh, I, it makes sense that, you know, mm-hmm. it's really about um, knowing that God knows and is near. Um, yes. You know, and I think part of it is um, that, you know, with my parents being the way they were, um, yes. it's always has been that seeking their approval, seeking to earn their approval. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and I still do that with God, but I'm aware of that. So I really try to not trying to strive and to earn something and to try hard because then it's not grace, it's not a free gift, you know, if I have to prove myself and prove to God anything. Well, I'm going to make a suggestion. I'm going to give you a little assignment, and I think you'll actually like this. We've we've talked about there are three major passages that relate from God to you. And God to me. I said first the Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6. I want you to write that down on, on paper 
that just write it out and then personalize it where you're going to say, instead of trusting the Lord with all your heart as though it's an instruction, just say, Lord, I do trust. You personalize it. I do trust you with all my heart. I will not lean on my own understanding. In all my ways, I will turn to you, and I thank you that you'll direct my path. Then go to the scripture I just mentioned that you've quoted, Psalm 34, 18. And it's, and, and then, and, and that's where, thank you, Lord, you'll personalize it. Thank you, Lord, that you are close to the brokenhearted, and you know I've been brokenhearted. And thank you that you save me from despair. Uh, thank you that you saved me. And and so do you see what I mean? But personalize that. And then I'm going to give you my favorite scripture. See, because I do that with this scripture. It's Deuteronomy 31.8. And I believe that you will identify with this. Deuteronomy 31.8. It says... The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. But you take that and now you personalize that. Thank you, Lord, that you go before me. Make it me, not you. Thank you, Lord, that you go before me and will be with me. You will never leave me nor forsake me. I will not be afraid. I will not be discouraged. So you're taking these three scriptures in order, but you personalize each one of them. Psalm 34, 18, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and Deuteronomy 31, 8. When I saw this last scripture, I thought, that's my scripture for this time in my life. The Lord himself goes before me and will be with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. I will not be afraid. I will not be discouraged. So, sweetheart, this is for you. And I pray that these three verses will minister to your heart because you have been brokenhearted. And yet he heals the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. We will send resources to tonight's caller free of charge. And we do that uh, because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep resources going out like that and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. And we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.